What's up, guys? I'm Jake Savage, and welcome to the Persuasion School podcast. A little bit about me, if this is your first time here. I am a salesman by trade. I've been selling for about 13 years now. The first seven of those were door-to-door sales. I knocked on just about 100,000 doors throughout the D.C. area, Denver, uh, Tampa, and Chicago. And then from there, I transitioned into a startup called Basemakers, and we are an outsourced sales team for emerging food and beverage brands. So I'm the president of Basemakers, and I have the opportunity of training people how to sell and how to communicate more persuasively, and that's what I do with this podcast. Each episode features one bite-sized piece of information. It's an action item that you can take away immediately and start using today to help you be more persuasive. So today's episode is something that I'm really excited about because I saw something on Instagram that caught my attention the other day. It was one of those posts that was how to sell anything to anybody. And normally, I ignore these because they're almost complete garbage. Just uh, put up on Instagram by somebody who may have never actually sold anything to anybody before. They're just trying to capture more followers. But this was from an Australian businessman that I follow named Kerwin Ray. And I listened to it, and I had to listen to it immediately again right after I finished because he brought forth so many different beautiful principles throughout his quick pitch that I wanted to bring them to this podcast to share it with you today. So he's got one pitch that's how to sell anything to anybody, and I'm going to break it down step by step on why it works and how you can apply it to whatever it is that you are looking to accomplish. So maybe if you're in sales, this will be perfect for you, but it will also be perfect for you if you are in fundraising or campaigning or you are just trying to land that job and land that raise or that promotion or the date with somebody All of these principles from this quick pitch will apply and will be very helpful when it comes to being more persuasive. So I'm going to go ahead and just jump right in. We're going to play it now. And then after it's done, I'm going to walk you through it step by step on how exactly it works and how you can do the same thing. So here we go. Okay, so say you're in a homeware store, right? And someone's coming in and they're going, I want to get myself a new spatula. So you're after a spatula? Yes. I'm just curious to know, what are the biggest issues you've had with the previous spatulas that you've used? Well, they seem to always absorb the colors and the smells of the foods that I'm using. So I need something that's going to be resistant to color staining and resistant to smell. What other issues have you had? Well, I've never been able to find one that just fits quite right in my hand. And I always seem to have these spatulas where no matter when I'm scraping at the bowl, there's always this little line in the middle and it really pisses me off. So what evidence have you got that this is a problem? Well, you know, that little line, it always gives me levels of frustration. I just, you know, it doesn't feel good in my hand. And how does that make you feel? Well, I just don't enjoy using my spatula. So if I could wave a magic wand and give you a spatula that exactly meets your needs, what would it be? Oh, it would fit in my hand beautifully. It wouldn't absorb any colors. It wouldn't absorb any smells. I'd be able to mix up my batter perfectly. And when I scrape out the bowl, there wouldn't be a drop left in there. And how would that impact your life? Well, I'd just be happier to cook. If I could find that spatula for you in this shop right now, when would you want to buy it? Well, right now. Do you have a budget in mind? Well, f*** it's a spatula. It is a spatula, but the problem is that the spatulas you've been using, you've probably been investing in spatulas that are like $7 to $12. I have a spatula for you, but the budget for the spatula that you're going to be looking for, at the quality with the things that you're looking for and the features and the benefits you're after, you're going to be investing $26 to $32. But I can guarantee you, this is a spatula like no other. So I'm just curious to know, do you have a budget of $26 to $32? 
well, if that spatula's like that, yes. And how do you make a decision? Well, I just, it's a fucking spatula, I decide. You can sell anything with this. Cars, boats, televisions, you name it. It's in your hands. There it is, the beautiful pitch. Let's go ahead and dive right in and break it down. The first thing that I noticed that I wanted to share was the ratio of speaking time between Kerwin and the customer. So if you were to look at the speaking time as a pie chart for that interaction, it would be almost a 50-50 split down the middle. Most salespeople make the huge mistake of talking for the majority of the conversation because they've just got a canned pitch that they're trying to get out and it almost looks like a 90-10 split in terms of the salesperson speaking for 90% and the customer speaking for 10, which is a huge mistake because that doesn't give you any time at all to listen to the customer and to understand what their needs and goals are for themselves. So number one point, 50-50 talking split. Keep that in mind when you're trying to persuade somebody. The next is that Kerwin almost has the customer selling themselves throughout the entire conversation. He's not being pushy and the customer doesn't feel like they're being sold to or pitched at. He is simply guiding them along throughout the process while they sell themselves. It's beautiful. And they end up crossing the finish line themselves as well. Third, it's a win-win situation. Nobody lost here. The customer's truly excited about the spatula because of the setup that Kerwin, or the foundation that Kerwin laid throughout the conversation. So by the time the person spent double the amount they normally would have on a spatula, they were super happy about it because of all the different positive impacts that spatula would have on their future. So three things that stood out to me, the 50-50 talking split. Number number two was that they were essentially selling themselves. And number three was that it was a beautiful win-win situation. Next, I'm not sure if you were counting or paying attention to how many questions Kerwin asks, but he asked 10 different questions during a two-minute pitch. Most salespeople throughout the course of an hour-long meeting might not even ask four or five, but he's asking 10 in the course of two minutes. And by asking 10 questions, he's getting all of the information that he needs and he is coaching and guiding the customer through the process for them to be able to sell themselves. So let's dive into each one of those questions briefly. Okay, with question number one, he's asking, what's the biggest issue that you have with your current product or spatula? I'm just curious to know, what are the biggest issues you've had with the previous spatulas that you've used? Now, most of us in sales are familiar with this question. We just need to get an understanding of what the problems are before we can address the solution. But what I was impressed with was question number two, the follow-up to that, when Kerwin says, what are some other issues that you've had? What other issues have you had? Most of us would just stop after the first. You know, if we say, hey, what are some of the main problems that you've had with your current product? And they tell us, we just assume that that's the answer. We're going to go ahead and create a story or a pitch around solving that problem. But Kerwin introduces a popular coaching technique, which is to ask, and what other problems or what other issues are you experiencing? Mainly because a lot of people don't feel comfortable right off the bat sharing most of the issues. They'll share a little bit and it's our job to keep digging to find more information. So he asks first, What are the biggest issues with the current spatula? And two, what other issues have you had? So he's just getting a more well-rounded perspective here. 
So he knows which direction to take the conversation. Love that. Third question, he says, what evidence have you gotten that this is a problem? So what evidence have you got that this is a problem? So he's getting the customer to verbalize to him all of the reasons why those problems and issues exist. The customer is solidifying with each word that comes out of their mouth. They're solidifying why those problems exist and why they need a new spatula. So Kerwin is helping to lay that foundation for this customer to ultimately sell themselves, for this to feel like an effortless and seamless uh, purchasing decision moving forward. So third question is very important. What evidence have you gotten that this is a problem? You're getting them to verbalize all of the different reasons as to why those problems exist. Fourth question, this is the therapist question here, but it's very smart for Kerwin to do this because he must obviously understand that sales uh, is a transference of emotion and also purchasing decisions are based off of emotion. And the therapist question, question number four is, how does that make you feel? And how does that make you feel? So we often make decisions based off of emotion and then we justify those decisions later with logic. So if he can get the customer to think about all the different feelings that they have, those negative feelings toward the current product, he's going to strengthen and solidify that emotion and he's going to be able to introduce something later that's going to alleviate those negative feelings. So he's again laying the foundation for this to be a seamless transition later down the road. So question number four, how does that make you feel? The fifth question, and this is also beautiful, is he says, if I could give you a spatula that exactly meets your needs, what would it be? So if I could wave a magic wand and give you a spatula that exactly meets your needs, what would it be? Most salespeople, once we understand the problem and we've got a good uh, picture of what the person, the customer is trying to accomplish, we just immediately jump to whatever it is, whatever solution that we have in our back pocket. Oh, oh, that's your problem? Well, I've got the perfect thing for you. Let me go ahead and show you what it is. But instead, he's getting the customer to articulate to him what their dream product would be because he knows he probably has something very similar in his inventory. So he's getting them to explain to him what their perfect product would be instead of him just rattling off a bunch of features and benefits. So again, this customer is selling themselves. They are doing the work. Sixth question here is an implication question. After asking the customer what type of spatula would meet their needs, he says, and how would that impact your life? And how would that impact your life? So he's taking it a step further. It's not good enough just to have them describe to you the perfect product or the dream spatula. He wants to know how it's going to positively impact your life. And this is the follow-up to that therapist question of how does that make you feel? Earlier, he was having the customer center themselves around the negative emotion, the problems that exist that are associated with the product. And now he's creating a positive emotion by having the customer visualize down the road how their life will be impacted with the new product after the problem after the problems and issues have been alleviated. So now positive emotions are starting to flow through. And this is powerful. So again, he's just laying the foundation and the customer is doing all of the work. So that's an implication question. And how would that impact your life? You want to always ask this question when it comes to persuasive communication because you're going to get your stakeholder to visualize their future with your product or your offering. Seventh question, he says, if I could find that spatula for you right now, your dream spatula, 
when would you want to buy it? If I could find that spatula for you in this shop right now, when would you want to buy it? He's not asking if they want to buy it. He's asking when they would want to buy it. So what he's doing here is he's creating an opportunity for a micro commitment. When the customer says that now is the best time for them to buy it, for example, they haven't fully said they're buying it, but they've made a micro commitment. So they're taking a step towards that finish line. So he's not trying to push them to push them across prematurely. He's still guiding them towards the finish line by saying, when would you want to buy it? Eighth question, he says, do you have a budget in mind? Do you have a budget in mind? So he's doing some prep work. This is like, you know, if you're a pilot, you're circling the plane almost before you land. You're just making sure that you've got the landing in sight and that all is clear. So he says, do you have a budget in mind? Now, if the customer had come back and the budget was far lower, he knows which direction he has to take it. He's got to do a little bit more work to build some more value uh, before they're willing to pay the amount that they need for the spatula. Or if he says, do you have a budget in mind? and their budget is right on par or even higher than what his spatula costs, he knows that it's he's pretty much good to land the plane at that point in the conversation. But he doesn't stop there. He moves on to the ninth question where he gets specific about the budget for the spatula where he says, do you have the budget for a $32 spatula? Curious to know, do you have a budget of 26 to $32? So before he was getting a sense for what their budget was and now he's he's eliciting another micro commitment. Because if they say, yes, I have the budget for a $32 spatula, or yes, I have the budget for your product or service, whatever it is, that's another micro commitment. They're taking another step towards that finish line without being pushed over it. And 10th, the final question. The way he closes this sales pitch is by asking them, and how would you make the decision to move forward? And how do you make a decision? And at this point, all the customer has to say is, well, I would go ahead and buy it. All of the foundation has been built, the groundwork has been laid, and they can take that final step over the finish line themselves. He's not saying, do you wanna buy it? Do you wanna go ahead and take it home today or should we ship it to you in a couple weeks? He simply asks, how would you make the decision to move forward? Very interesting, and this allows them to explain to him what their thought process is and their desire to move forward. So there you have it. The perfect pitch by Kerwin Ray. Uh, really, really appreciate what he did here and, and the setup and the structure with the questions. And I would advise you to do the same anytime that you're requiring uh, persuasive communication with another individual. Ask questions. Make sure it's a 50-50 split in terms of who's speaking, you and your stakeholder. Help them to sell themselves. Guide them through the process. Don't push them through the process. And if you've done a good job by tapping into the emotion, the negative and then the positive, they're going to feel so good about their decision to move forward that it will be a win-win situation. They won't feel like they got suckered into it, you know, or they got sold or whatever the case may be. It'll be a truly exciting and valuable experience for them. So give this a shot in your next interaction. Let me know how it goes. If you're looking for more content on sales or persuasive communication, you can catch me on Instagram at it's Jake Savage. You can also just send me an email, jake at jakesavage.co. 